Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one life-affirming page of Talmud each day. On today's pages, Bavakama 85 and 86, we find a discussion that, like an episode of Law and Order, seems ripped from the headlines. It asks the question of what happens when someone receives a very harsh punishment, say the severing of a limb, and must now choose between the various methods for this decree. Here, have a listen. The Gemara answers, rather, the court evaluates how much a person would give to have someone sever his hand, which is already condemned by a written decree from the government to be severed, changing the decree from having it severed by means of a sword, which is accompanied by pain, to having it severed by means of a drug, which is not accompanied by pain. The rabbis go on and on discussing this question and again and again erring on the side of mercy and away from any form of concrete punishment involving loss of life and limb. When we are about to inflict real pain on someone, even someone who is completely guilty, the rabbis insist, we must do whatever we can to eliminate needless suffering. And if you follow this logic to its end, it leads you right back to the quality of mercy. How then is the story timely? Because as I record this episode, the state of Alabama is getting ready to execute a man named Kenneth Smith by means of nitrogen gas. Smith had already survived one execution attempt by lethal injection in 2022. He was convicted of murdering a woman named Elizabeth Sennett, whose husband, Charles, was having an affair and wanted his wife dead so he could collect the insurance money. Charles Sennett paid someone to have the killing done, and that someone recruited Kenneth Smith and another man who in March of 1988 broke into the Senate home and stabbed Elizabeth to death. Smith was convicted, appealed, retried, and the second time around, the jury voted 11 to 1 for a life sentence without the possibility of parole. The judge, however, overrode their decision, a practice the state of Alabama had since repealed and sentenced Smith to death instead. If you're a longtime listener of this show, you know that few are the convictions that move me as thoroughly and as profoundly as my staunch opposition to the death penalty. By the time you hear this episode, it's likely that Kenneth Smith will no longer be alive. But he will not be the last American executed, and it is still incumbent on all of us to do whatever we can to reject this deeply unjust practice. Why? A group of Jewish clergy members, many of them from Alabama, wrote an open letter to the state's governor, Kay Ivey, that does a good job addressing this question. I'd like to read it now in the hope that even if we couldn't prevent this execution, we may still be able to stop the next one. To Alabama Governor Kay Ivey, we understand that in Alabama, the experimental nitrogen hypoxia gas chamber execution protocol has been completed and may soon be used to execute Kenneth Smith, the subject of a failed attempt at lethal injection in November 2022. We recognize that Mr. Smith is guilty of murder, and we pray for the memory of Elizabeth Sennett, the victim in this case, and for all of those who love and miss her. Even so, we call for a halt to all executions, particularly those by suffocation. Jewish tradition presents somewhat contradictory statements regarding the death penalty. 
While the Torah permits the death penalty, the Talmud in Tractate Sanhedrin imposes severe limits on capital punishment even where the crime is murder. Contemporary U.S. law does not meet the standards for fairness and accuracy as articulated in Jewish law. Today, we are writing not about the death penalty as a whole, but about proposed forms of execution. Certainly, there are members of Jewish communities who support the death penalty in concept or in practice. However, we stand united in opposition to the introduction of the gas suffocation as a form of execution in Alabama. We do not suggest comparisons to the atrocities of Nazi Germany under which millions of our relatives were murdered, many by suffocation in sealed chambers. Still, we cannot imagine it possible that Jewish communities anywhere could stand by while prisoners are executed in our names using any variation of that mechanism. Therefore, the undersigned rabbis, cantors, and other leaders and members of the Jewish community call on you to reject the conduct of executions by suffocation using a mask or in any sort of gas chamber in your state. Here's hoping that this letter and that today's page of Talmud drive all of us to focus back on what truly matters, causing as little pain and suffering as we can, even to the guilty, and making sure that justice truly meets the highest standards possible. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you are really going to love the new book just published by me. It's called How the Talmud Can Change Your Life, Surprisingly Modern Advice from a Very Old Book. You can order it now at your local bookstore or directly from the publisher through the link in this here podcast description or through that big online store whose logo is, you know, a smile. As always, please go rate and review Take One on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You could get your Take One t-shirts and mugs and other swag at tabletstudios.com and you could subscribe to our weekly newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic. <laughs>